The Java Council podcast is sponsored by Zero Turnaround, creators of revolutionary tools JRebel and XRebel. For free trials, visit zeroturnaround.com. Hello and welcome to the 18th episode of the Java Council and, uh, and joining me today, just two people today, uh, we have Richard Warburton, a trainer, iterator learning author and software developer and we also have Catherine Beaumont, software developer and a machine learning student. Hello to you both. Hello. Hello. How are we all today? Feeling good. How about you, Simon? Not awesome. too oh, Good, good, good. Uh, on the eve of Java 9 being released, how cool is that? Finally, it's like Harry Potter all over again. <laughs> actually, we we uh, we did. Actually, I should I should ask you some questions. Look at that. We didn't even, we talked a little bit offline before we started, and uh, and uh, well, actually, I know we've talked about Java Nine too much, probably. But uh, maybe I shouldn't ask you questions. Let's see how we do for time. But uh, anyway, the first thing uh, that we have on our agenda is uh, open source all the things. It's been quite interesting to see how much has been open sourced. Over the last um, over the last well probably month maybe even less um, the first the first major one I guess was Oracle that were that mentioned um, and I think this was while they actually talked about the six month cadence of future Java they talked about pushing commercial features into the Open JDK and was the license JP, uh, GPL or something like that. I think that was what they uh, what was what they suggested. So so yeah, a lot of the a lot of the opens a lot of the uh, commercial features going to OpenJDK. Java EE is now um, going to be moving to Eclipse, which is which is an interesting move. What are your thoughts on uh, on on that, uh, Richard? Well, it feels a little bit like there was kind of a declining interest in Java EE on Oracle's point of view. Uh, maybe a bit speculative on my behalf i don't know about you guys but it sounds like there are lots of other people who are quite interested in java ee so i think having those kind of projects in a neutral foundation where people who want to work on them can continue working on them and people who don't don't have to hold the progress up sounds like a good idea i think one of the most interesting yeah, I'd things agree with that. oh no i was going to say i'd agree with that and also to kind of echo your suspicions it does feel a bit like java ee became a toy the Oracle didn't really want to play with anymore. And all of the other children in the playground were kind of getting a bit annoyed that it wasn't sharing. So I feel like it is a really positive thing, especially for groups like the Java EE Guardians. Mm. Yeah, I think they're, they're one of the groups that were really pushing um, and have probably uh, pushed Oracle into, into doing something like this. Um, yeah, I mean, I think one of the most interesting things for me with this is open sourcing. It sounds like they're going to be open sourcing all the TCKs as well. Um, which is something which I believe the expert group could choose to uh, host in an open source place or uh, could keep under covers and private. So having an open source TCK for me is one of the, one of the most interesting uh, parts because uh, obviously migration is only as good as uh, the TCK in, in reality. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's, that's obviously interesting. Uh, a couple of others. Uh, IBM have announced they are open sourcing their JVM. So J9 uh, is going to be or has been open sourced. Um, J9 obviously builds on top of the OpenJDK. Um, and 
or should I say that there are some parts of the OpenJDK which J9 uses. Uh, there's a, there was a lot of proprietary uh, additional code, which has now been open sourced, uh, and that's OpenJ9. I think that's Eclipse as well, is it? I'm not sure. I saw there was a GitHub repo, but you can have a GitHub repo as part of Eclipse projects now, can't you? Yeah. Um, my impression with J9, I've actually not looked at the source code. My impression with J9 is it's the, the VM itself is quite separate, uh, but there's some class path sharing, right? That's where the predominant sharing of code lies. Hmm. And it's called OpenJ9, and OpenJ9, by the look of it, is uh, an Eclipse project, Eclipse OpenJ9, just from a quick Google. Um, So that's available now. Um, And the most recent one, which actually happened yesterday, or certainly I saw it yesterday, uh, is OpenLibertyIO.io. And this is uh, the WebSphere Liberty application server. Uh, which is the lightweight version of WebSphere. It was something I very briefly worked on just before uh, I uh, moved from IBM to Zero Turnaround. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, large parts of it. I guess the main the main kernel, the micro-profile part of it is uh, is now open-sourced. Um, and, uh, and I believe, let me just double-check again, I believe that is Eclipse as well. So, uh, Great stuff. Yeah, so that's open liberty. So is that uh, how, how beneficial do you think that is? I don't know. From my point of view, I don't really know many people who use the, the IBM edition of that stack, uh, Liberty Profile or, or other parts, but I'm sure that you're pretty intimately familiar with the companies that you're using. I've heard it's surprisingly big in France. I, I, I don't know. It's fun, kind of funny when you travel around a bit and you find there's these kind of different geographical um, uh, populations which have more or less popularity of different tech stacks. Uh, but I don't know, what, 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 what do you think, Simon? Uh, well, I think, so one of, the, one of the big things with Liberty, obviously, is it was designed to be a lightweight, um, well, let's, let's start from, from full WebSphere. WebSphere is obviously a big beast. It's, uh, it's grown in size over many years. Yep. Uh, and as any app server or any application tries to be backwards compatible, it, it, it struggles to remove existing um, existing functionality because as soon as you try and migrate an app to the latest version, you want to still have the, the features that you support. So migration and backwards compatibility is very important for uh, large enterprises like IBM. And so the Liberty Profile was created over many years, actually, whereby it's a, it's a a truly modular uh, solution to this problem whereby the app server was uh, broken down into modules and um, and essentially as you want more functionality and more features you add those modules in uh, into the runtime and, and, and it uses OSGI services so it actually it actually happens live you don't even need to restart the application which uh, restart the apps server which is which is pretty powerful um, and from what I understand, obviously there's a, there's a whole bunch of that which is key to IBM's business, I guess. Things like, uh, well, I'm not sure if things like the transaction service or whatever is 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 included in the open source, but certainly I, I would I'd be surprised if it was. Certainly, uh, things like the micro profile, which is a very small set of of uh, the EE specs. Um, have been made open source, and you know what? I think I think that's actually a reasonable thing to do. I mean, it's it's got a good license now. It's got the uh, I think it's got the Eclipse license, right? EPL, um, and uh, and and I think 
Yeah, I, I think it's good for IBM to 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 you know work with the community and help help the community to help them. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's a, I think it's a really good move, and um, obviously you know you can you can download, uh, build, uh, use Liberty for free. I pre I, I presume now, um, and uh, you know if you wanted if you wanted the commercial features, commercial aspect, then yeah, you pay pay IBM the licenses as you normally would any open source project. I guess it's the same same pattern as the majority. And uh, I think it's I think it's going to be very beneficial, um, and it's a good sign to see to see uh, more code in the open. But we so we kind of discussed at the beginning that um, we thought perhaps the move of Java EE into the open source realm was possibly a sign of disinterest from Oracle's point of view, um, and an opportunity for other people to progress with it. But some of these other projects, I, I think they've got different motivations here, right? So. With the commercial features in OpenJDK, it seems to be more about focusing on adoption um, and making a stronger core platform, rather than just willing to give up willingness to give up commercial revenue on those specific features or presumably expectations they don't make that much money in of themselves. Um, you know, we've also got this OpenJ9 and Open Liberty uh, uh, stuff, Simon. So, what do you feel that the the motivation here behind open sourcing J9 and the Liberty profile is? That's a good question. Um, well, I mean, I think <laughs> having having things that are closed source, particularly on if if you look at something like J nine, and you know, I, I guess IBM aren't exactly making money out of J nine. Yeah, they use it uh, to uh, they use their own Java for their own stat products, stat products. But you know, they're hardly they're hardly um, they're hardly you know selling Java or commercial Java. Uh, you know, in the same in the same way, Oracle is. I, I wouldn't have thought um, they would if they if they're gonna have commercial uh, commercial contracts with people. I expect it would be more around a platform. So, for example, they sell a solution which uses WebSphere, whatever stat products, probably DB2, whatever, and they have some commercial license with that and commercial support. Um, so it's not. I think it's a going It's a very different view of um, you know looking at J nine compared to Oracle's JVM. So uh, you're saying it's really more reflection on kind of changing business models here, moving to more consulting and services and away from product revenue. Yeah, I, I think I think for sure. And for for Liberty, I mean, if with Liberty, I think if we compare something like the apps, the Liberty App Server, with its competitors uh, like. Whether it's Tomcat or JBoss or, or you know whoever whoever Liberty cons consider their competitors, you know a lot are pretty much open source. A lot are very community driven, and if IBM wants to kind of play the game whereby they want to compete with these with these groups, they need larger communities to be using Liberty. Um, I don't think anyone can just rely on an existing uh, business uh, you know set of customers and and set of business accounts they they need to interact with more with the community and they need to uh have more buy-in from the community and i think making something open source is is, an, is is a really great way of doing that people can contribute people can it makes it makes the the core platform more accessible um people are more likely to to uh you know write plugins write their own modules for for liberty and that kind of thing so i think i think personally i think it's a really good move just from a, a community and developer focused point of view, uh, more than anything. So yeah, yeah ma massively, massively different motives. And I think you know, I applaud, 
IBM for their, and I'm sure people people like Ian Robinson and, and Alistair Nottingham have. I expect, I expect you know, sweated blood trying to trying to get this through the lawyers. So I applaud people like that who have who have, I'm sure, fought very diligently to get to this stage. And <laughs> it's no mean, from my experience, it's no mean. You know, it's it's no small feat getting getting to this stage. So uh, so congratulations to the IBM team. Absolutely, absolutely, and yeah, let's hope that the uh, the uh, the after the open source, they continue their commitment to innovation and continue their commitment to putting work into their runtime as well. I, do you know what? This is an interesting one because if you look at Oracle, uh, <laughs> I think I think if you look at it from a cynical point of view, <laughs> a lot of people will say, "Well, you know what Oracle are doing? They're throwing Java e to the community, and they're not going to now push behind it." And I think you know a, a lot of people are maybe even questioning that. And no, I, I think there are a lot of really great people at Oracle that you know that really want to contribute. It'd be interesting to see how the the business folks at Oracle want to. Uh, I hate using the word resource, but distribute their resources around their company, right? How they want, you know, yep. whether they want to put people, whether they want to pay people to continue development on Java E. If you actually look at what IBM have done with uh, with uh, J9 and Liberty, I, I have no doubt they're going to continue um, pushing, uh, you know, numbers headcount into into these areas. It's I don't believe that that IBM's reason to do this was. To, to try and make use of free development. That's absolutely not, in my opinion, why. I mean, I've got nothing to back that up, but just, just gut feel, I really don't believe that's the motive. And um, I think I think IBM and the development team for WebSphere are, are going to continue on Liberty and uh, and obviously with J9 um, just as strongly as they had before. But I think they're, uh, they're, they're you know, trying to get more community support for sure. Awesome, awesome. I see. I, sorry, go ahead. Oh, sorry, I was going to say, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, obviously, we're, we're being highly speculative, but we've identified kind of two main motivations for going open source. One is to offload something, and the other one is to... And it's anyway that, that people seem to be... Uh, that these big companies are adopting the kind of open source way. Um, so looking to go to kind of... An open exchange of free ideas and it seems really positive but then I suppose the problem is how do you maintain some kind of quality control over these platforms anymore and products well I mean the I believe you know there's no change in the existing JCP process as such so if something's going to be a new standard it still needs to have some uh, oversight and over uh, review, peer review, and that kind of thing. And if you're going to push code into a project, you're still going to have to go through some kind of code review uh, process. So I think for me that the licensing side of things doesn't necessarily change the quality control. That's not to say all open source projects maintain high standards of quality control. Obviously not. You know, so loads of open source projects are just someone's personal pet project that. You know, I have a few of these things on my GitHub where they have varying levels of uh, quality control on my behalf or or even interest on my behalf, whereas some of these projects are kind of major ongoing projects that I think probably still will have to have some kind of people doing review and oversight and, and maintaining that kind of high bar, bar of quality. And I think, I think with IBM as well, on, on the IBM side, obviously they're going to have you know, reasonably strict kind of IBM uh, levels of 
of quality in terms of you know the code needs to adhere to their existing um, coding standards and, and stuff like that, I guess. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree with what uh, with what Richard what Richard said. Um, so we move on to um, there's a little conference coming up in a couple of weeks. I don't know if you've heard of it, uh, Java One. First time you've mentioned it. So no, no, no. Is it really? Oh, okay. Well, it's this little conference in a little, a little uh, villagey kind of town in America called uh, San Francisco, which is on the west coast. And uh, they, it's actually combined with Oracle Open World. They have, at best guess, I don't know, 60,000, 70,000 people all go to San Francisco, all go to California to uh, rejoice in the joys of Java and Oracle. And uh, and yeah, it's, it's a great conference actually. It's a very fun conference. It's a very expensive conference in terms of flights and 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 um, and housing, as we as we discussed off air. Uh, but uh, but yeah, it's happening in a couple of weeks. So um, any highlights? Do you think they're going to be at Java One? Can we predict what's going to be happening in their in their keynotes, or or are, have we really heard everything that's uh, that's happened with the new cadence of Java? The pushing commercial features into OpenJDK, Java EE moving to Eclipse. Is there anything else we're 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 missing? Do you think, or have we heard everything? I'm sure that there will be some kind of new announcement. I'm I'm, I'm not sure. I want to uh, stick my neck out and predict any specifics. I suspect the kind of things we've just talked about will be the big, bulky announcements in the keynote. But there's always, you know, one more thing, isn't there, in these kind of events? Do, would you like that kind of Apple announcement whereby they they talk about things that hasn't really been publicly confirmed, or, or do you prefer having these announcements made weeks in advance and, and then discussing it at Java One? What would you prefer? I have no idea, really. I mean, I think for most people, the, the predominant motivating factor is how much PR you can have. So if you've already got a big event like Java One where you've got uh, a bunch of tech press, you've got a bunch of people attending, you can get your message out to a big audience. I guess it does make sense to make a big announcement at that kind of event. But, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily... Yeah, who doesn't like surprises? So I think there's a time delay on my speaking, sorry. I was saying, who doesn't like surprises? Who doesn't like surprises? <laughs> yes, yes, definitely. Um, uh, there's, so there's a uh, big PR, surprise value, um, I don't know. I don't really have a strong feeling on it either way, to be honest, Simon. Well, we're going to be, it's in two weeks, so we're going to be doing a Java Council session live from Java 1, I guess, because we'll, that'll be our next uh, Java Council edition. So uh, I'll find a whole bunch of people, and we'll do that live from uh, from Java 1. So we've got about five, ten minutes left. Um, and let's talk about Java 9. Unless there's any other topics uh, anyone wants to bring up, let's talk about Java 9 being released uh, tomorrow. This is being recorded on the 20th of September, so uh, 21st is tomorrow. Um, and I, uh, I don't know if you saw, actually, I, I asked a whole bunch of Java champions five questions on, uh, on Java 9, and I actually posted that onto Rebel Lab. So anyone who's interested in that, go to rebellab.org, and you'll be able to see. I did it in two parts. Uh, one where I asked the first four um, uh, uh, Java champions. Second one, I, I asked another five. Uh, interesting questions. Maybe I can ask you live. Um, I, I should have probably given you some time to to come up with answers. So I won't ask you individually. I'll just ask a question. And if you want to jump in, you're welcome to jump in. First one, what's your favorite feature of Java 9? <laughs> oh, I'm going to be really boring. 
only say Jay Shell. You like Jay Shell? Just huh? there. There we go. I've I've said it. I'm right. sorry. How about you, Richard? Um, I don't know. I I'm not sure. There's much that jumps out in my mind. I, I wasn't I'm, sure. I wasn't sure if there was too many to choose from or not enough to choose from when you're. There's. When you're, I'm it's not like the problem for me is. I'm, so I'm not hugely jigsaw enthusiastic personally. Um, and a lot of the other features are all really good, but there is lots of kind of minor features. So I think Catherine's probably, I'm going to join Catherine and say J shell as well. Then Interesting. I'd go, I would go for the minor API changes for me. Things like the, uh, things like the collections factories, things like, uh, what else, what other changes have there been? Things like, um, uh, some of the changes in optional things like the process handler, th those kind of APIs, which I think make it nice. And also HTML5, Java docs. Those would be my kind of small, small uh, updates that I think are good. Here's another. Here's another. Uh, oh, sorry, what would be really good is if you ask that same question to us again in a year's time mm. and say over your last year of hopefully using some Java 9, uh, which of the features have you found most useful in that? That is a very really good question. Yeah, let's let's revisit that. I might uh, I might do another blog in a year. Then let's see what will we be on then. Java eighteen point nine, maybe. Uh, <laughs> on a scale of one to nine, nine being the best, how would you rate Oracle for their handling of the Java nine release and why? That's a tough one. Oh God. <laughs> Who wants to I'm going to be nice. Balance. I'm going to say. I'm going to be nice. I'm going to say I think they've handled it really well. It's a really difficult project. There's a lot riding on it, and I bet a few people want some really long holidays once it's released and moving moving on. Eight. I was going to say you didn't give a number. Eight. That's a that's a good score. How about you, uh, Richard? Uh, I don't know. I'm. It's a very difficult question to answer because I feel that um, there was a lot of certainly around some of the uh, a, a lot of the jigsaw stuff got handled relatively well especially by some of the oracle people because there's obviously a lot of people who disagree for various different reasons over jigsaw and it's you know always hard to please everyone um but i do feel there's a lot of things where if more discussion had happened earlier on then uh, a lot of the jigsaw related problems could have been avoided or more compromise early on um so I'm, I'm going to say probably, it was what, one to nine? Yeah. The scale? So I'm going to say probably a six. I know I'm being a bit mean, but um, I do feel there was, there was quite a few discussions I saw where there were a number of people from Oracle just kind of trying to smack down other people's opinions from outside of Oracle, which I thought was a really bad way to treat certain members of the tech community. Mm -hmm. and, you know. I, I, I give them a lot of negative points for that, though. I appreciate, obviously, they put a huge amount of hard work into it, and it's a very tough project to, to undertake. Last question I'll ask you, actually. There's two others. One probably needs a little bit more thought, and another one is uh, um, describe Java 9 in three words, but I won't, I won't put you on the spot for that one. Uh, interesting question that I ask, which I'll probably, I might write a blog about in the future, giving some predictions as to uh, migration or adoption, should I say. Um, but the question is, will you be migrating to Java 9? And I guess, I guess, do, do you see people migrating straight away? Or do you think, particularly with a nine-month, uh, six-month cadence of future Java releases, do you think people kind of hold out for uh, what's coming next? Um, I'm not sure the cadence is necessarily the, the issue there. It's more the nine, the nine release itself, I guess. I think there's going to be quite a staged staged migration. For some things, it's easy. Like I, I took a bunch of uh, example code that I had 
for different training courses and things and tried testing it on Java 9 a couple of weeks back and pretty much all worked because a lot of it was very uh, core library stuff, simple stuff, needed to bump a Gradle version to get Gradle working without warnings or anything. But, you know, other than that, it was it was looking pretty good. But I think people who are depending upon things that are a little bit more tricky or have more complicated projects, it's going to be slower for them to upgrade to 9. So it's mm. a staged, staged migration. Some people quick, some people slow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I will be migrating my kind of small personal projects just just out of interest, really, and to test out, um, just to test it, really. And But in terms of large companies, I, I mean, there are lots of companies who are still on Java 6. Um, I was reading about security vulnerabilities in Java, and, and one of the biggest ones is, is uh, lots of endpoints still on old versions of Java. Mm -hmm. um, Simon. I have a challenge for you, seeing as we're asking asking questions. Mm -hmm. Boom, boom, boom. Here we go. <laughs> OK, my challenge for you is in the, uh, the um, oh God, what are we called? What are we called now? The Java Council. Java, Java Council, thanks. No, that's Sorry. a bad start. That's a bad start. <laughs> awesome. I told you I was having. I've been doing so much programming lately, I just I can't think in sentences anymore, I'm sorry. <laughs> My challenge for you is the Java Council uh, keynote at Java One. Mm -hmm. So I believe you'll be drinking beer. Uh, is that right? So uh, you mean, so we're doing a boff. We've got a community keynote, but that's not, that's not the Java Council. We've got a, uh, we have got a session at Java One. Okay. Uh, whether or not we'll be drinking beer, I'm not sure. Probably not, because it's Java One. But, uh, oh, it's uh, at DevOps. At DevOps, we have another session uh, in Belgium. Okay, well, in that um, case, and that one you that can decide. You can decide whether this applies to uh, DevOps or Java One. Okay. Okay, my challenge for you is to get through the whole thing without saying either JDK nine or Java nine. That's impossible. <laughs> that is seriously impossible. And you can you can kind of take the challenge as you have to drink every time you say JDK nine or Java nine. You can decide. I will. I will happily take that challenge. As long as there's someone, as long as there's someone sat near me saying you have to drink, uh, so I remember, I would happily take that challenge. I'll I'll be in the DevOps audience heckling. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> Help me. <laughs> well, you could be on stage now. You see, Catherine. I think it's. Oh well, in that case. <laughs> do people? Do what? What do people think? Should Simon uh, uh, avoid the word? Should you drink? Should you just say them? <laughs> yeah, it might make me say them more. I don't know. We'll see. But anyway, <laughs> anyway, we we digress. Um, but yeah, challenge accepted. Um, so awesome. that, that's about uh, that's about a thirty minute podcast. So uh, so let's wrap up there. Uh, massive thank you to uh, to Catherine and Richard for joining today, and uh, we'll see you next time on the Java Council. Bye for now. Thank you very much. Always Bye. a pleasure. Bye.